What's up, Chaz? What's up, dude? It's good to see you. It's yeah, been, it's been too long, I feel. How long has it been since our last we, surf talk? Dude, we talk about that. Every time we come on the air, we ask each other that. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't pay attention. It's always around two weeks. Okay. It's I, like when I get a haircut. I feel like when I go in and get a haircut that I haven't been in there for like a year. Yeah. And she always tells me, oh, no, it's almost exactly six weeks or whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. And I feel like our listeners are going, hey, dummy, like, I know exactly sure, when it sure. was. It was last Monday or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I should actually... Uh, I owe our listeners better due diligence. I well, think. I mean, and the the reason I ask, I suppose, is I just I want to make r- real sure to the listeners that we don't tread over any like pre-trod ground, like oh, things we've already talked about or things that yeah, which can easily happen if we've been consuming alcohol exactly. on that previous show. So I, I think we're good now. So, but that was what I was thinking is, was the last show at my place when we drank? Or yes. Was that two shows? Ago? Yep. No, that was the last show. That was the last show. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, um, a lot's happened, dude, in a that amount happened. of time. It was However a lot of long surf it's stuff. Been. A lot of surf stuff. I, it like builds up inside me now. And then I have to text you and say, can we talk about surf? Because I have no, this is my talk about surf outlet. I know. Yeah. It's a little more versatile of an outlet than what you do in your normal, you know, for beach grit, you write it, you put it out there and it's gone. And there's a little bit of back and forth in the comment section, but this is a way to actually kind of break down the topic. It's obviously. true. Um, you just got back from Vegas. I did, dude. You were there for during that shooting. Yeah. Okay. I went for the shooting. Yeah. <laughs> That's too yeah. soon. Too soon. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was, I got, we landed, uh, the morning actually that morning. And then, yeah, we're there that evening. So what, give me the rundown. What was your experience there? What was the vibe? And um, So we, uh, the wife really wanted to see a show. We had our four-year-old daughter out there and she wanted to take her to see a Cirque du Soleil show. So oh, okay. we went, uh, we, were, we were staying at the Palazzo kind of up the strip from where the Mandalay Bay is. Uh, okay. And she, my wife really wanted to see Michael Jackson's O, that show, which is actually at the Mandalay Bay. Okay. So I went out to get tickets for that one. Uh, but couldn't get tickets to that one or couldn't find them for some reason. And so just got uh, Mystere tickets, which okay. was across the street at Treasure Island. So we went uh, you know, to the show, went home, went to sleep, woke up the next morning to the news that you know 50-whatever dead down the way. And I don't know. Uh, it's a bummer, but I had to take a bunch of ca- – I had to go all kind of over Vegas that next day. And the cab drivers were all – you know, everybody had stories, of course, and it seemed kind of surreal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really sinking in to people or, you know, maybe it never will. Maybe it's Vegas. Right. And how does that, how does something like that sink in? How do you, how do you, you know, appropriately deal with the emotions of, you know, madman or whatever he was yeah. busting out the windows and shooting, you know, at that trajectory on the heads of people. It's pretty yeah. impossible to, to come up with any reasonable, you know, okay, this is why it almost made me think, okay, fine. You know, if this is whatever your position on gun control, if this for me as a, as a parent, it feels like there's, you know, I guess being there in Vegas, I didn't think as much about Vegas. I thought more about Sandy hook where when a a man walked into an elementary school and blew away kindergartners and first graders and second graders and, and nothing happened, um, then, okay, fine. This country loves guns and I get it, but you know, at this point, I'm kind of thinking, okay, I'm done. I'm, you know, in the next couple of years, I'll move to fabulous Europe and, and not have to deal with it anymore. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
you said that you were going to purchase tickets at Mandalay Bay. Had you done that, we would have what been, would the timeline have been? Uh, it would have been so we, I would have gotten the 9 o'clock show, okay. uh, which would have put us out at 1030 um, into the lobby, which I think what I think the shooting had started at 1010, right? I think the timeline was that it started at 1010. So it would have been right in the middle of when it was actually happening. Um, we, you know, we would have been getting out of the show, which and not that we would have not been in the you know country music site, yeah. but it would have been in the know, hotel. Yeah, in the hotel. I wonder if that show even finished that night. I would imagine because it would have started before the. I think they they had two times that they have like eight at night or I think it's eight thirty and I can't remember what it is. But if it's, that show was scheduled to end at ten thirty and the shooting started at ten ten, did word get out to? I don't think the so. people running the show. I would, and then they, I would imagine not because the I, I think it was pretty slow. Nobody knew what was happening. Right. Like it. I think they thought it was fireworks initially, and yeah. even the security guard who went up and got shot outside the door. It seemed like it, I mean, there was time still, I think the shooting had stopped at that point, but there was still, yeah, I mean, I just think it took a long time or a while for people to figure out what was happening. Crazy. Because so many people were involved and injured and obviously killed, um, it's amazing how many people I know in my personal life who are directly connected to it. Like personal friends, either of friends or even closer connections who were shot somebody who died that I knew tangentially. It's just crazy yeah. like, being that close geographically to where we are. And obviously people go to Vegas every weekend among our friend circle group or circle of friends. And um, so just, I knew a lot of people who were there. It's insane. Did it make you think anything different vis-a-vis gun control or? Yeah, absolutely. How could it not? You know? Um, and when you see the way that other countries have responded to, Um, tragedies that have happened and like immediately legislation goes to work to correct situations. Um, Then yeah, it really does obviously make you wonder why things take so long to, I mean, in in most things I'm a, I am, you know, politically either ambivalent or a, or a libertarian, Mm -hmm. I suppose. But with this one, and maybe it's just the fact that I have a child, it just, I like who the fuck cares about guns? Like, To me, okay, great. You like to hunt, go, you know, go shoot in the bushes or do what you want to do. But like the rest of it, like, fuck it. Like the, all the weird technical stuff. And, and I suppose it's, you know, who am I to say somebody's hobby is bad, but I will say that hobby is bad. It's stupid. Right. All right. Well, moving on. Um, do you want to hear a listener email real quick? Yeah. Let's, I have a couple of questions for you um, based on articles that you've written recently, but let's do this listener email real quick. It relates to the conversation that you and I had about Kelly Slater's wave pool yeah. and the WSL event that they held there, the future classic uh, listener. Jason sent me an email at hello at surf splendor podcast.com and then said, I couldn't find Chaz's email, but could you forward this to Chaz? Do you want to put your email sure, out there sure. for people? It's, just, it's Chaz at beachgrid.com. Real okay. easy. Just C-H-A-S at cool. beachgrid. Well, um, that just unlocked a whole... <laughs> you're going to get a ton right. of emails now. Yeah. All right. So, quote, regarding your fear slash disdain related to Kelly Slater's wave pool, reminds me of what rock band meant to me as a musician. In my mid-30s, I've been playing music since I was 10... Or I'm in my mid-30s, and I've been playing, playing music since I was 10 saxophone through high school and bass since then music is a part of every aspect of my life and has a religious type impact on my life similar to the points that you made in the podcast about surfing i totally dig music and when guitar hero and rock band came out 
and got traction on the game consoles, I thought I had sealed the coffin on the next generation mistaking getting good at those games for actually learning music. Luckily, they had made some people a lot of money, but there still has diminished but their appeal has diminished to a small group of dedicated people and the craze did not have as big of an impact on the kids that I expected it to have had. Um, I can only hope that there's a similar happy ending plays out for wave pools because the real beauty of surfing lies in the ocean being one of the only forces of nature and not being able to truly predict anything. I like it. Yeah. Um, interesting analogy, a, it's right? It's a totally interesting analogy because I would imagine that it's sort of the same, right? Is you get the playing rock band or guitar heroes or hero or whatever, you get the thrill of being good at something without having to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, that's a great but with, analogy. with 10 years of hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, nobody really cares. Yeah. It is still just a video game. Sure. You know, and it hasn't really influenced music totally. in any way that I can. You know, and, and and a month or whatever. When, when was the Future Classic? Was it a month ago? Yeah. Now? Yeah. So a month, a month in the rearview mirror now. Like, I'm still as passionate about, you know, surfing is belongs in the ocean. And I really do think wave pools are soulless. I, I still sure. think all the things that I... That I did think, but um, yeah, I wonder if as they kind of become their own thing, if like Guitar Hero, it just kind of goes off and becomes, oh yeah, you guys are good at certain wave pools, that's cool. Like yeah. where it doesn't, it almost has no impact, right? Yeah, I wonder Maybe. that too. Yeah. Uh, so he added another paragraph and he said, it's a weird paradox because I've always looked up to Kelly Slater and respected him. Uh, I guess I didn't think capitalism would play so much into his post pro surfing career planning. I actually had an awesome experience meeting Kelly socially and talking for a bit. I was a roadie for a touring band and he came up to me on the tour bus. He sat next to me and introduced himself with a handshake said, Hey, I'm Kelly most humble and friendly person on that level that I've ever met. End quote. Um, does Kelly's, does Kelly's, uh, capitalism seem overt to you? Uh, I mean, it seems like Kelly, the one thing to me that defines Kelly more than anything else is that he's just competitive. That's what I think is the, is the defining characteristic yeah. characteristic of Kelly Slater is just his, his competitiveness. Yeah. And so I think as he's transitioning from, you know, competitive surfing to what's next, he's going to try to be the best. And, sure. and outer known, I think is a, to be, to be really honest and fair and frank, I think Outer Known is probably a great brand. Like, what they're doing, I th- you know, they get dinged a lot for the price point on, you know, whatever, their wool cap or whatever. But to do something uh, outside of the, of the chain of, you know, production, like just being able to throw it to China is virtually impossible. And so the fact mm-hmm. that he's trying to do that, I'll give him all kinds of credit for, right? Um I don't know that Outer Known is ever going to be massively successful, but if it can even sustain itself by not being part of the traditional production chains that yeah. we just, ex- you know, we expect as consumers everything, we expect a price point that basically destroys the earth, right? I mean, yeah. um, so that's good. The The wave pool though thing, I think is where Kelly's real competitiveness came out, where he needed to build the best wave pool. And more than that, he needed to shame other people in their wave pools, I think. Like, where the way he releases his videos, what he does, you know, we had a video up on Beach Grit this week, uh, or maybe last, of Jordy Smith surfing uh, Wave Garden in Wales, the first one. And remember the excitement when that came online? Yeah. Kelly has, to to me, you know, 
beyond embarrassed them. And I know that pool, I think it's successful financially, right? I mean, I think they I get, no clue. I, I've read they get busloads of surfer, you know, of kids and whatever to surf and, and it, it makes money. It's a, it's a, you know, profitable endeavor. And I've also read that it would be impossible for Kelly's pool to be profitable to get that quality away. If you just, uh, unless people were spending yeah. thousands of dollars to surf it, um, there's, there's no, value there yeah uh but yeah it doesn't seem like kelly cares it seems like you know so i don't know again his overt he doesn't seem overtly capitalistic to me he just seems he seems the same same competitive i agree with you i didn't think it was the comment about him being um capitalist in his post pro surfing career i don't really see that so much i see i think that they're Firstly, before the capitalism is a sincerity to improve the surfing experience for everyone. Yeah. So I think that's where his his heart is with board design. That's where his heart is with the wave pool. And then with the clothing, I think he saw a lot of failures in the way that clothing is made and distributed and the supply chain, all of that. And that surfers are supporting that thing. And so he thought to himself, hey, I can make a better version of that. That'll be good for the environment, good for everybody involved. Whether or not it will be a success remains to be seen and you have to be uh you have to have a capitalist mindset for the business to succeed sure so those things kind of go hand in hand but anyways interesting feedback again i always like to say this conversation isn't just between Chaz and i uh listeners chime in give us feedback so there's a great example of that um you wrote a story this morning about the eddy yeah what's happened called off is it officially yeah i mean you know, it could always it could always uh, get renegotiated or whatever. But yeah, for the for the time being, the, there's an impasse between the major parties, Quicksilver, Red Bull, and the Ikao family in this case, um, where you know I, I didn't find any uh, specific information. I heard a little bit more today from a grand source about what the causes of friction were, which didn't seem to be insurmountable. But yeah, okay. as 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 of today, uh, there's no agreement between Quicksilver, Red Bull, and the Eddie, you know, to or the iCal family for the event to run. I feel like this has happened la- last year specifically, and then it ended up running. Exactly, it did okay. happen last year, or, or there was real questions about it, and then at the last minute, they everybody put their kind of ducks in a row, which could happen here too, right? Okay, like, but yeah, I, as of today, there's nothing. What's was that an official statement that was released, or is this all just backroom? No, no, it was, it was it was official. It, oh, okay. It was yeah. I think Quicksilver released a statement, and the iCal family did not respond. But I got think it. Quicksilver released an official statement. What's Red Bull's involvement? So I think as it goes, is uh, Quicksilver puts the event on, and Red Bull broadcasts it. Got it. So Red Bull is is you know merely the in this case merely like the NBC or whatever mm-hmm. the got broad, it. broadcast partner. Um, you mentioned that Jordy clip before I even read your article, I felt the exact same way that you did where it was like, that is the worst showcase. Number one of Jordy, number two of the wave pool coming out of Kelly stuff. And number three for O'Neill to market any of their product. I mean, why did they put that out there? Uh, see, this is the thing. And this is a great point you bring up is I've been thinking a lot about this lately is that I think content the, the word content, the idea content has just become this meaningless, people don't know what it is anymore. And yeah. they, they think in their mind, okay, we're getting told from top to bottom, we need to create content. Right. And so let's go create content, right? Let's 
go make a piece of content. So they go without really thinking about, is this going to be good for the brand? Like the brand O'Neill logos shown in that P that Jordy piece is such a turnoff. Like it was detrimental to the precisely brand. why yeah. in the world are you going to want to buy something that is associated with a big man surfing tiny windblown crap and very clearly not having a good time, right? Like Jordy's sort of pain smile yeah. is awkward. So I get it. You know, if, if Wave Garden or, or the whatever that place is called, Sir Snow, it, Snowdonia. Yeah. I always get confused if it's Wave Garden or Snowdonia. I think it's Wave Garden Technology in it though, right? In, yeah, that's what it is. Wave Garden branded Technology, as Surf, Surf Snowdonia. Snowdonia. Okay, so Surf Snowdonia, I'm sure, said, hey you know, paid whatever for, for marketing, paid quick or paid O'Neill. Maybe yeah. I, they had to, because there's no way that O'Neill's just going to show up and want to do that. No, but I think I just read this in the subtext somewhere that Jordy was in Europe doing a tour of shops that purchase O'Neill products. Sure. Okay. And then just took like a side day trip to go surf that pool. And or maybe, maybe Snowdonia invited him and uh, paid him. And may, I mean, maybe Snowdonia carries a lot of O'Neill, maybe, right? Maybe that's so that was probably, or could have been one of the shops. Yeah. But in any case, O'Neill, that should have never, as a piece of content, quote, that should have never been released. Like I would have buried that if was I was an, on it was an, But that's the thing. is, Like in our world, small surf world, but then beyond the surf world, there's this slush pile of content. Like I was looking, a giant pile of content that grows bigger and bigger every day. Yeah. That, like I was looking the other day, I saw a pre-roll um, on Surfline, I think it was, uh, for Michelob Ultra. And it was like a wave breaking up top and you know, into the bubbly beer below. And it looked really disgusting. Like the imagery was off. So I went to try to find that video to put it on beach grit to make fun of it. Um, and I couldn't find that video, but it opened into the portal of, uh, Michelob ultra YouTube channels content. Right. So there was, you know, at least tens, maybe even hundreds of videos there, each, which had about like the, there's a bunch with, or, you know, four or something with Seabass. Sebastian Zietz. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the m biggest one had 500 views and most oh. of them had like 120 views and they'd been out for months, right? Where I'm thinking, okay, Michelob Ultra, you don't need to make content. That's cool. Don't make, make an advertisement or if you need to do a pre-roll thing for Surfline, that's fine. But it doesn't need to live anywhere. You don't need to have this idea that everybody needs right. to make content. Just people should stop making content, please. Let's put a moratorium on content. I, you know... I don't disagree at all. I think there should be some overall goal that you're trying to achieve with the content. There needs to be a creative creative director in place orchestrating what that content should look like. Don't do it just because. No, but I think that's it. Everybody's like, oh, did you guys make content this year? Yeah, yeah, we make content. Or, right. Okay, cool. Like so, people are getting paychecks and etc. on this content. Yeah. Even though nobody sees it and nobody cares and it's not good. Your boss, they just mandated that like you have to have a YouTube channel and there needs to be eight videos uploaded every month. Sure. And at the end of the month, you need to be able to tell your boss that you uploaded eight yep. or something. And and the boss, apparently, I don't know why the boss is not saying, okay, wait, how many people watch these? And then beyond that, I don't even really care how many people watch them, how many people click through to totally. you know, buy our product or to discover our product or whatever. I'd like to really point the finger at O'Neill. Um, although they could be a potential sponsor or something in some way, I still just feel a need to call a spade a spade. Yeah. Have you ever worked with anybody at O'Neill? Do nope. you know anybody there? Do nope. Okay. What is going on, dude? Yeah. Like their branding and messaging is so um, imprecise. And like, I don't even know what their objective is there. There's this new techno butter ad campaign where it's like, 
each of the sponsored surfers, there's like a cartoon version of them and they're at steamer lane and there's kind of monsters coming out of the water and they look angry and mad. It looks like a Halloween campaign almost. Is it like Nike's 6.0 campaign from back in the day? I don't remember that. Remember that one? It was like a cartoon of just a guy dropping into like a huge, weird cartoon wave. I'm going to have to go look at the techno butter. I looked for it so that I could discuss it with you. There's this huge um, rap on Huntington Surf and Sport or Jack's right now. I think it's actually Jack's. So maybe I'll just go by there and snag, uh, take a photo and send it to you, yeah. post it on the website and stuff. But um, I went to their website. It didn't have that ad campaign. I think I had seen that ad campaign on Surfline a couple days ago. So it's popped up in my awareness. See, is Surfline a repository for weird things that people don't want to put out in, maybe. in real life? Maybe. Like where they pre-roll garbage for some reason? Do, do garbage people go to Surfline? Maybe that's your new, that's a new, I'm going to ask right that there. today. Well, with, so with the techno butter thing, it's like this terrible art direction for this campaign. I don't even know what they're advertising, what their objective is. But then I went to their website they didn't have any of it. And instead the website was plain white. And then I go, Oh, this is more of the same. This is void of any creative direction at all, which they're just accommodating people who want to come and buy their clothing or their wetsuits on an e-commerce site, but as opposed to Patagonia, who has like this very clear direction on what they're doing, and there's no mistaking it in any of their ad campaigns for any of their product or on their website or through their social media. So I don't, I don't know if this is still the case, but O'Neill had sold its clothing license to La Jolla Group, right. uh, which also did Lost and Metal Militia, and you know, I don't know, and I don't know that that relationship is still there or that license deal is still there, but. W- theoretically would answer for the, for this discrepancy yeah. of like maybe their hard goods thing is still out of Santa Cruz and still clean and you know semi core whatever uh but this whatever whatever the crazy stuff that you're seeing is part of you know an ad agency initiative from some other if not La Jolla group then some other other group maybe but a given ad campaign doesn't match the rest of the brand's ethos even no because it's just like this one-off that gets kicked out for a little while sure because maybe some maybe yeah. somebody weird owns some part of the license right. and then is able to make weird ad agency stuff you know that doesn't sync with the rest of the brand it's so strange i mean the idea of licensing your brand i've never quite understood either like i obviously understand i'm no i'm no capitalist like kelly slater but uh, I understand selling your brand, uh, but licensing it, I yeah. don't really understand. I mean, and it gets all fractured off. Yeah, and, and it's weird. And even it's, like with their surf edits in the last decade, they've always been the worst. I mean, their team is weird too, though, right? Who totally. is their Who's their team besides Jordy? They have Jordy, Tori Meister, yeah, Timmy Reyes. That's Ian, a strange team. <laughs> Ian Crane. Yeah, I mean, it's and not that it's a bad team. It's no. just you would never put those people. It's not a coherent. It's not a coherent grouping of surfers. Yeah. And then so with the surf edits that come out, they're consistently the worst. Yeah. You know, whereas I feel like um, Quicksilver probably has a guy on staff and they all kind of look the same. These look like whoever was filming with Timmy Reyes that month put together something. They slapped their logo on it. And then whoever was filming with Tori Meister the month before, they do their own thing. There's zero continuity with anything. I mean, I've been always surprised by O'Neill in general, just because it seems like it's, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's very clearly a core brand yeah. brand that had an iconic founder, right? Yeah. That, I mean, totally. eye patch beard, the whole thing, like the best. So they have, and you know, from Santa Cruz, like the product itself was, it was actually, you know, a necessary component of surfing, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. in Santa Cruz, it's freezing cold. Let's 
put rubber on them. I don't think that he invented the wetsuit, but or the or you know even invented the surfing wetsuit. But still, like great story, great narrative, great everything, and then just totally doesn't exist in my mind as a brand. I mean, it's right. it's so really mismanaged along the way. <laughs> seems like it terribly so. Um, I was walking through Fashion Island this nice. a couple days ago yep. for reasons that I won't mention. Um, they're building a new Lululemon store. Nice. And so out the trunks. What's that? Did they have Evan Valer in his trunks? They did not, which they should have, but they did have big photos outside, like coming soon. This is the one surfing photo that was posted. I'll post this on surfsplendorpodcast.com. This is totally amazing. Isn't it? It's a man. You'll see it on sur- Wow. Practice of joy. The practice of joy, it says in the, is in the text, is apparently like really bogging rail on a eight foot fun board is it devin howard <laughs> no because it's goofy foot oh, so but this is a no-name surfer lululemon i think is a cult did you know that no yeah i think you have to do uh don't sue lululemon because i don't know but we'll go on and figure this out i think you have to do this whole course if you're going to sell lululemon which is very cult-like in in what you have to learn and what you have to do. Really? Yeah. There's some. If you're going to sell it, meaning like if you're a retailer and you want to bring the product. No, I think in. everybody. I think everybody. You do this course, right? You go to somewhere. I think here. I'll because I'll figure it's this out. because it's so based in yoga. Maybe it's like a yoga training. It's, it's beyond yogi, though. It's like okay. it's it's a specific kind of new age. You know, maybe cult is too far. But okay. I think it. I think it gets. We'll we'll put it up on the website. Okay. Because it gets branded that it gets branded as strange. Got it. Well, this photograph. It's a guy on a waist high left getting hit in the gut by the lip. Yep. On a fun board. The because he's getting hit hit in the gut. Like there's an explosion of water that like blocks any of the interesting elements of the photograph. It's just. It's the worst surf photo I've ever seen honestly, published anywhere. And I was walking by and I'm looking at it going, why would they publish that? They do have Evan Valier sure. on the team. They've got Malia Manuel, who is a phenomenal representation Completely. of their brand. Why did they publish this photo? Unless he's just a random customer and they're doing some campaign that it's like, look at our everyday man. Or, or he might be the founder too. If you were the founder and a surfer, would you want this published? No, but but also, what's his name from GoPro? Who's the... Yeah, what is that guy's name? Remember? He had, like, at the height of GoPro, they had all the best surfers in the, the world at that moment. And yeah. what did he do with his billboard? He stuck himself on a yeah. giant billboard doing a, you know, a fine enough cutback. But still, like... You have at that, you know, they have Kelly Slater, they have everybody, that's and true. that's what you do is that's yourself. Pure ego. So I wonder if this is if you thought I'm totally shredding here. Well, I was embarrassed to see it, and yeah. I was just like, if I had ever thought about like Evan Valier is a good choice for your first male sure. pro surfer. Malia Manuel is a great choice. I'm kind of on board, and then I saw that, and I was like, wow, yeah. Clearly, no. nobody in the company knows anything about surfing. Off board, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I wanted to use that to segue into a conversation. This came up in my awareness recently. What surf media outlet actually has the best surfers working for that media outlet? Unfortunately, uh, okay, that's a great question. The problem is me and Derek are, are such a small sample. It's just me and Derek at Beach Grid. Okay, so what I decided to do is you only get to pick two people okay. from any of those media companies uh, as your representatives, okay. like the Olympic kind of thing. I'll start the list off. You can chime in if you want. Okay. Obviously, Beach Grit. There's you and Derek. 
Um, Surfer Magazine. Yep. I think Grant Ellis surfs pretty well. I think he rips. Okay. Yeah. So that's a decent pick. Who would be number two on their list? Todd Perdonovich. Todd Perdonovich would have to be, right? I mean, Todd Perdonovich, I feel, is San Diego kind of royalty. His dad shapes surfboards. Totally. I think he's like third or fourth generation, maybe even. Yeah. So he's... Perdonovich has to rip. But I haven't seen evidence of it. No, but I'm... Yeah, that's true. But I bet he rips. Yeah. Like, you don't... I don't know that you're third generation San Diego and your father shapes boards and you don't rip. And you're still involved in surf. Like, I could see if... If Pradonovich went and, you know, was worked at the track or had moved away from the beach, then I'd say, oh, maybe he didn't like it. But if you're editor of Surfer Magazine and you're third generation and your dad shaped surfboards, you, you rip. All right? indicators point to rip, Yeah, I would say. So if we're going to line you guys up, Beach Grit versus Surfer Mag, what happens in that? Oh, we get killed. You do? Yeah. Okay. Remember, I'm writing asymmetricals now and having <laughs> the time of my life. That is coming up later in our show. <laughs> we're going to review that. Um, surfing World. You got Von Blakey. Yep. I don't know who else would go. Do you have any idea who's working there At right surfing now? Surfing world, I don't. Besides Von. Okay. Do you? But no. But Von surfs well. He's got to right. Von surfs well. I think all the Blakeys surf well, and I think I think Von might be the best surfer of the Blakeys. I Better think, than Ronnie. I think Von was actually on a on a professional surf trajectory. They okay. might have all been, but I think Von is the best surfer of them all. So they're up there. The reason why I thought of this was I interviewed Ashton last week sure. on the podcast to chat about his new role with Stab and all that. And he revealed to me this photo of him getting barreled at log cabins. On a longboard? Kind of. He longboards. He, yeah. No, it wasn't a proper longboard. It was actually an 8 Okay. Like a North Shore kind of yeah. gun, kind of. Um, but he paddled out and he just got the wave of the day randomly. Like first wave paddling out. This thing came right to him. He went. Nathan Florence saw it. Surfer, it was when he was with Surfer. Surfer posted it on their Instagram. Grant Ellis shot photos of it. Their Whole video thing. guy got yeah. it's like well documented. I'm like, shoot, that is insane. That's a better barrel than I can ever remember getting. And then, of course, they've got Sam McIntosh who surfs ours. Yeah. And like, there's lots of photos of him getting shacked out there. Well, and even they have Mikey Ciamarella and Brendan Buckley. I mean, Stab, I guess, takes the cake. I mean, if you're going to pick two. Is Mikey a good surfer? Mikey rips. Oh, okay. Mikey rips. And Buckley was of like course. a Buckley was like an East Coast pro. I remember like, Buckley doing rodeo for Yeah, exactly. Buckley rips. And I don't know that Buckley's actually part of Stab, but he writes Stab. And yeah. Damien Farrenfort contributes. And yeah, Farrenfort rips. rips. No, yeah, Stab. I mean, if you're going to go all in staff-wise, I think it's Stab is unbeatable. Uh, if you're going to pick two, though, I would really enjoy seeing Pradonovich and... Ellis. Ellis versus Ashton, and I'll let him pick uh, either Mikey or Sam. It's going to depend on what the surf venue is. Let's say let's let's set this up at uh, where would be a good where would be a good even well, kind of. We could go lowers for high performance, sure. or we put them in like death defying barrels. I think you'd almost have to do both. I think you'd, okay. we'd have to do a like lowers it. a lowers day and then and it wouldn't even have to be death defying per se. Let's just say big blacks. I want to see somebody defy death. Really? Yeah, kind of. Do you think one of these guys would defy death? Re- I mean Sam, Sam would. would. Yeah. For Sam sure. would defy death. Yeah. That's true. Um What do you want to see about big blacks by the way? Like big blacks. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you want to see these guys defying death at big blacks? Of course, yes. Um <laughs> now here's a sneaky pick. I I mentioned surf media outlet sure does the wsl qualify sure does because they've got pots strider 
Rosie Hodge, Pete Mel. I'm going mean, to go ahead and say right now that Perdonovich and Ellis or Ashton and whatever, Ciamarella, could surf circles around every everyone you just mentioned. No way. Yes. Pete Mel. I mean, if they're surfing Mavericks, sure. Well, the two venues we just picked, Lowers. Okay, at Lowers. And, and a barreling. Let's go ahead and use Blacks. Okay. 10-foot Blacks. Lowers and 10-foot Blacks, I would say that the WSL would be, they'd be fine, but it'd be like old stiff men surfing old and stiff right right. do you think do you think that pete mel would go out and surprise you i love pete mel don't get me wrong i if it was if this was at uh mavs of course in recent years i've seen pete mel ripping and here's the other thing he's got contest strategy on lock that's true but let's let's make okay so this is a contest not like a video part thing dude this is a wsl format okay like 30 minute heat 30 minute heat two best waves and i think pete mel strategically outmatches anybody else because he comes from that background and he's his son is in that scene now okay okay i'll give you pete but who what about i mean do you think pots would go out and actually actually smoke it it's a good point i don't think pots has it in him to smoke it anymore it's a good point pots has officially drained every ounce of humanity into his dull commentary that's it it's too bad they don't have ross williams on the team anymore ross would ross would be a no-brainer okay so who would the number two pick be we've got rosie Rosie's there. Strider, Ronnie can surf. Yeah, Joe Turpel can surf. They can all surf. I mean, that's what I feel that the WSL uh, whole staff surfs at like seventy five percent. Like all of them are an equal seventy five. Yeah. Um, and I feel that I don't know about Ashton. I think Ashton surf. I mean, I think Ashton surfs well. Uh, but I think that I think that little Ciamarella, he's he's like three feet tall and can boost. So I don't yeah, know. That's, he's a sneaky pick. I didn't a, even think about him. Yeah, he's a sneaky one. Okay. He can land his airs and he's two and a half feet tall. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious. And there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply so we're going the final looks like ashton with his number two pick yep and, and then todd. pete mel okay that's and, the final yeah oh is it i don't know i we need to see todd pranovich so <laughs> i feel i need to see todd okay surf i agree we'll get we'll get back to this we will because todd might totally like crazy rip totally he could yeah yeah. And so we need to do our due diligence, come back next episode. We will have this all 
figure. We'll have it ironed out. Yeah, we'll I'll, know. It'll and I'll collect photos and any video I can find, and that'll help us make our decisions. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that me and Derek lost round heat one round. I mean, Derek Derek could have gone a couple. Could he? Derek could have gone a couple heats. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a couple rounds. Which is wait round heat. He could have gone a couple rounds, but then would have been gone. Okay. I would have been gone. I would have been having the time of my life doing bad cutbacks on my ASIM. Dude, I've yesterday I was actually like maybe I was thinking about prepping for this show or something, but I was like, I am I was in the water surfing and not achieving my full potential. Yep. Once again. That's and me. just thought I am squarely defined as like intermediate surfer. Sure. Lower intermediate most of the time, probably if I'm having a real conversation. And I just have to accept that now. Because yeah. I can't stand unfulfilled potential. Every session going out and just being like, getting out of the water going, man, I, I really, on that one right, I should have done this or that better. I just need to accept my fate. So here's what I've accepted. Yeah. Uh, is there's a way I want to surf in my head. And I feel like over the years, I've dialed that into what it really is possible to achieve. Mm-hmm. Like. What I the the best feeling of surfing for me is of course getting barreled if it's barreling right. I mean yeah. pulling in smooth and not doing anything funky beyond that right. Pulling in, figuring out you know having a nice looking little stall whatever getting barreled, or like a real nice series of uh like just arcs right like. Okay. So I've taken snap kind of out of my thing entirely. Okay, and I exist in the arc and the floater like those are my. Those are my two things that I do, you know, if it's not barreling. So open face kind of turns. Open face turns. And if I can do, if I can link two good open face turns, then that to me, I surf to the maximum of my potential that day. And then you go home feeling good. So again, squarely in the intermediate zone there. That's me. Like if I can surf, but but then uh, a lot of it to me comes down to, okay, like so, from there. So those are the moves, right? That's the those are the moves in my <laughs> vast repertoire. Now, how did I look doing those moves? Like, did I have one jerky hip here, or like, I love going down to the beach. The surfers I watch down at the beach are the surfers surfing so smooth, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fast guys, whatever the guys boosting, whatever. Like a guy who is linking nifty little turns, but with that, just yes. with style, totally looks so good. And I'm not talking longboard style. I'm talking like, you know, proper shortboard, mm-hmm. but he's just, he's just surfing it really well. Yeah. Maintaining flow through maneuver. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more that that's what appeals to me the most as well. Um, you were talking about writing that asymmetrical board. What is your feedback on it? So here's the damn thing is so we're we, talking about album, Matt, Al- Matt about Parker, and Matt album. Parker, album surfboards. I've had this board now, I feel, for two months. Okay. Uh, we've had such bad swell. Right. Such bad swell uh, over that two months that... So I, I took it out in, like, a, you know, number, many, like, knee-high days and had some super fun sessions on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, couldn't really tell. Then finally, we're getting swell. We're getting swell, right? I picked poorly uh, my where to where to surf the day we got swell. Oh, okay. Um, and I still had waves. You know, it was waves. Yeah. But I still don't have. I I love it. I think I love it. But I want a still one more proper day. Okay. But I feel that I love it. So we got another loner. Yep. I'm excited to try it out, which makes me excited to see. Like I, I'm excited to test two different asymmetricals because yeah. maybe there's something else about this board that's working well, right? Yeah. So this loner comes from Scrivy Surfboards in Point Wainimi, 
Ventura area. His name's Corey Scrivener. And we were having that conversation about asymmetrical boards. And he direct messaged us and was like, hey, I've got one in the shaping bay right now. I'll make it for you guys regular foot and send it down and loan it to you guys just so you can get more kind of feedback on the boards. And um, that showed up last week. This first big swell in a month hit. I surfed it all weekend long. Was it fun? It was super fun. I, I blew it, actually. I meant to bring it today to trade off, but um, I'd, I'd actually like to ride it more anyway, yeah, yeah, so I'm not too bummed that I, I did. You need to. I just rode it for two days, uh, three or four, four sessions, but I did like it. It's too small for me. How, how big is it? Well, five. Yeah, one side is five. Uh, five, the okay. other side's like five, nine. Oh, nice. Um, but even still, I was going to just give it its, you know, proper testing. And the one element to me that stood out about the board is something you and I have talked about. I think Parker might've said it first. And then I saw in your notes with your board review that you posted on beach grit, the being over the fins responsiveness yeah, is exactly. the term responsiveness the board is so responsive it's it's unlike i mean you know i've written some beautiful surfboards in my life but this one the ease at with which you can do like a nice turn Mm -hmm. is is shocking yeah it's it is and then i'm like well is it just this board no it's been on every asymmetrical board that i've ridden which again like every time i've been out i've had you know, again, even in the tiny surf, I've had, I've had more fun on this board than I would have had on another board, which makes me think why aren't, you know, and we could talk about this, I'm sure all day long to boring death, but why aren't, why doesn't everybody have at least one asymmetrical in their quiver? I know. I wonder the same thing. It's really, really strange to me. Yeah. Well, this board, because it's so small for me, it, um, maybe suffers from like a little bit of drive and like paddling it was a little bit of a struggle. But like, once I got to my feet, I just found like I would be standing there and then think I'm going to go bottom turn right now. It would almost respond based on my brain way yeah. of thinking it, you know, like yeah. before I even applied any pressure, the thing was like bottom turning. Then I'd go into a turn and it would just turn tighter and faster in the pocket more than like any other board that I'm used to writing. This is really remarkable. Does, does the Scriv Scrivener board have, uh, the one twin fin and the two quads on it too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that seems so magical to me. Yeah. Cause if, did you go backside anyways? Yes. Like the way it's, or this with the album board, at least the way it slides and sits in the pocket is like, you can get, yeah. If there were, if there was barreling, barreling lefts, I feel like I would not, you couldn't do, I mean, you'd have to make massive mistakes not to get yeah. just shacked off your head, just dropping in and sitting down. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. And I do, this board isn't perfect for me because like I said, the, the dimensions aren't ideal for my body type, but it has so many awesome elements in it that I'm so intrigued by. I'm excited yeah. to surf it. Yeah. Um, well, surf line. Oh, okay. I'm not going to even preface this. I'm just going to ask you a question. Okay. What realm of surfing do you think has our most creative people working in it? Is it pro surfers are the most creative shapers, the most creative uh, writers, photographers. Where do you think the most creative types end up in the surf world? This is a great question. Um, The most creative types in the surf world end up in 
I'm going to go tick them down. Not shaping. I feel that those guys, maybe they want to be creative, but, but market forces dictate that they pretty much have to do similar things. Um, definitely not pros. Uh, You're not limited to the categories I just laid out because the answer, of course, I wouldn't give you yeah. in those options. This is a this is a tough question because none of these none of nothing you said seems creative to me. Like there's I don't see any real juice. Maybe not clothing designers. Uh, yeah, I'm at a loss. Wetsuit marketing folk. Oh, it's true. You're right. So true. Dude. Yeah, it's either the marketing people or just the copywriter themselves, or maybe the manufacturers are responsible for all of it. They invent new words or mash up old words. At an astounding rate. And I mean, every season, they're brand new. Their their output is profound. Well, I mean, you just brought up Techno Butter, which yeah, was exactly. part, part of that campaign. But as a as a new, like, sell, saleable word, like, I want to know what Techno Butter is. Like, I want to eat it. Yeah. Like, I is that wetsuit edible? That yeah. is my question to O'Neill. You're so right. Okay. So, they quietly toil away, probably behind a computer, with zero recognition. Sure. It's gone. They've gone overlooked. For my entire life. What is what has been your favorite? Oh, I've uh, got a whole list for you. Okay. Yep. I've got a whole list. So today, that is the point of today's show is to in, I endeavor to rectify this situation of the them poor, being overlooked. Yeah, the They're the poor, most creative in surfing completely. Sure. They've been overlooked. The poor so, Wetsu copywriter. First of all, before I get into each brand and their given new kind of addition to our lexicon, um, they all love the letter X. Sure. They love the word technology. Yep. They love the word fiber. Yep. And they'll use those things in various combinations and just oftentimes just tack it on to an existing word that you already know, but then put an X at the end of it. And that all of a sudden sounds like an amazing new material it's that you've never heard of. That you need. Smart fiber. Yeah. Quote, Fusion X. Yeah. This says Fusion X technology. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I better it. buy this. Yeah. I need Fusion X. Fiber, X fiber technology. It's like they just add those words. So anyways. Adelio is a new surfboard brand. This is all coming off of Surfline's wetsuit review. Okay. Adelio? Adelio. Is a new wetsuit brand? New wetsuit brand. What? As new to me. What do they make? I don't know. Wetsuits. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they're brand new, but they entered the market with a softball. They threw out the word Thermalock. Oh. I'm like, weak, dude. Yeah, yeah. Thermalock. If you're getting into the wetsuit game, you need to step up your copywriting, come up with a brand new word. Thermalock. Thermalock puts me to sleep. I'm not buying Thermalock. Nope. nope. Definitely not I don't buying need it. it. You know what I am interested in buying? Billabong. What do they have? Drymax. Oh, I like the X Flex. Okay. And hollow fiber. Hollow fiber I like, but Drymax makes it sound a little bit like adult diapers, don't you think? Very, very true. Um, Dry they Max. might have ripped it off yeah, from I, the good people I, at Pampers. I feel there's Depends makes a Drymax diaper. That's true. I don't know that I want Drymax in anything. No. Drymax feels like and also it's a constipation medicine totally, or something, totally. you know, like and, a fibrous. And I feel the ones that do it best is not keeping, you know, the wetsuits that market, we don't keep you dry, but you know, it's like, it's like a hot tub always. Like mm-hmm. you don't even have any chill, right? Mm-hmm. Like the chill killer early on O'Neill. Do you remember O'Neill's no. chill killer? <laughs> no. Yeah. O'Neill had the chill killer in the 19, must've been late eighties or early nineties, the chill killer. And that's exactly what I want to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. I want the chill killed. Definitely. Where I don't want to be dry though. Dry sounds, yeah. The chill. Good... I want the chill 
strangled to death. Yeah. Not even killed. Like, I wanted a vicious, brutal death. Okay, keep going, because we have more wetsuit stuff to talk about. Body Glove has the HRS. What does it stand for? Heat retention system. And it has smart fiber infrared technology. Okay, I like I like that. That's very Apple Watch. And did you know that the smart fiber infrared technology uses materials such as EvoFlex, Microbead, and Liquid Meld, and Magnaflex? I like all of that, except aren't Microbeads? Kelly Slater, I think, taught me that Microbeads are responsible for massive fish death and things. Really? Microbeads are really bad. Yeah. So microbead is not body gloves own proprietary word. I mean, no, microbead is not body gloves own and microbeads. I think microbeads are in your like uh, soap, your scrubble scrubbing soap that okay. you get your liquid soap. Yeah. And I think those go into salmon and then huh. we eventually eat them back. And as like, row, those are the actual row I is microbead so. as microbead. They're giving birth to <laughs> so, microbeads. Oh yeah. So, you know, but it's like body glove. You, they blew my mind in yeah. two sentences. They've created Eight new words. Sure. It's insane. Yeah. So, uh, in smart, what is smart fiber? Smart fiber makes, that's the one thing that makes me want it, right? Yeah. But it can't be that smart. I mean, it's got to be whatever. It's got to be, Body Glove's not inventing anything. Is a, can a fiber be smart? Yeah. And in the Billabong example, can a fiber be hollow? Yeah, I would imagine that's more true because, yeah, theoretically, you could just have a hollow fiber, right? I mean, you could gut the fiber, take know. the guts out. I think so. I'm no physician. I, I don't know. Like a physics professor, I yeah. don't know how this thing... We're going to have to go back to Billabong and see how you hollow the fiber. But it does make it sound amazing. I want it. I kind of want it. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounds lighter than regular fiber. But I don't want a Billabong wetsuit. No, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but they all love the word fiber. Yeah. That is... That is, is. It, is it fiber RE or fiber ER? ER. Okay. But I wonder if American market. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder in Australia, maybe it's different. So Buell wetsuits, Buell wetsuits out of Santa Cruz, California. Don't they make motorcycle? Oh, different Buell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Buell wetsuits makes ninja neoprene. I like it. I like where they're going. (laughs) Solid. Yeah. Uh, ultra span with a power light sizzle seam seal. Wow. It's alliterate using alliteration in the, in the copy with power band technology. And Supratex. The Buell might take the cake for, is there more tech words packed into one <laughs> selling point than that one right there? I packed them all together. There was like a long paragraph sure, sure, and I just that's highlighted. All, yeah. The, the power band technology. Do you think that's power band? Like the hologram bracelet? I think they're trying Daniel? to profit off of the, that word that we already know in yeah. our brain. And they're like, that word hasn't been used in eight and a half years. Yeah. We can take it back. Let's just take it. Yeah. And people will still think oh, it'll light up a receptor shower. in your brain. Sure. Power. You want a power band? Did you ever wear a power band? Heck power band? No, dude. Heck no. <laughs> I was given one. I was given, cause remember they had different tiers. They had, okay. uh, I think one, the top tier one was like 110 bucks or something. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, and that wasn't like the $30 cheap one or whatever. Um, and I was given one and it was so embarrassing to even look at it Yeah, that I, I mean, I just couldn't imagine somebody thinking, I mean, we could, yeah, power man is a, is a dead, dead topic. But yeah. It's so strange. I mean, strange, a strange time in what action was, sports. What was the difference between the $110 one versus the $30 one? The 110 one had a, like a better hologram or something like the extra power. It was extra power. It okay. was hollow fiber hologram. So I, I, was it the power band or some other bracelet that it was like, this balances the power, the power balance. It made you balance and they'd have people standing there yeah. like, and they, and they push, try, try to push, push you over. over. Yeah. What I didn't understand about that whole thing. I never really looked into it, but sure. I just criticized it with very little information. I was like, 
if it's supposed to balance you, wouldn't you need one on each wrist? No, because it like sends, I think the hologram was supposed to send like some electrical flow. It was like balanced your chi or something. But it, if you're going to send balancing power through your body, shouldn't you do it maybe from the center outward? I don't understand why it would go on one wrist unless you put it on both wrists. I, th- they, I think it, they had a reason for it. The hologram did something awesome. A lot of confusion for a young David Scales. I mean, I'm telling you. it was a lot of confusion that got that got drilled straight out. That thing went got sued out of existence. <laughs> Did it so really? fast? Because yeah. they were making like scientific claims. They were making scientific scientific claims. So it got it literally got sued. I mean, entirely out of existence. Yeah, it's embarrassing. That's like not a bigger ripoff since the pet rock but just of think, the seventies. Just, you just know? think how hyped the people were from. I mean, they were sponsoring everyone for a minute. They had such. A, there were so yeah. many surfers that rode for power, power balance. Dude, if Powerband offered me money to rep their product, yeah. I would have declined. Really? Yes. If they said, hey, David Lee, 100, 100 grand. Okay, 100 grand. I'll yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I would have gladly, I would have talked about hologram technology here on the radio. Everybody has their number. Uh, yeah. 100 grand is mine, if anybody's out there is curious. <laughs> uh, so, Ninja Neoprene, though, for Buell, like, everybody markets the Japanese uh, Yamamoto rubber sure. or whatever. Is it rubber or is it neoprene or is it? I think it's Japanese rubber is what it's called. I don't know what it is. Yamamoto is the brand. So people are marketing that. I feel like Buell doesn't actually use that. So they just called their neoprene Ninja 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 to hope to like tie in with the Yamamoto thing. Have you ever had a Japanese wetsuit? No. I don't know. Actually, I currently, I have a Matusse. Mm -hmm. Is that, I think that might be Japanese. Mm, I don't know. But, um, like there's thousand dollar Japanese yeah. wetsuits. I had one. Of the, I had like a fourteen hundred dollar rash. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember like a, that brand. Custom made. Yeah, it was like, I think there was like fifty five. I went to a tailor and got measured, and I think it was fifty five separate measurements. Okay. Uh, and then there came the wetsuit. Was it better than any wetsuit you've ever had? To be honest, it was way too warm. Like it was a three millimeter really? that I would just go out and sweat in. Yeah. Huh. Uh, even in the middle of winter here yeah, dead, when I'm normally wearing a four, three dead center of winter, in really my three mil. And I would just be out there like honestly sweating inside. Was it, it was too good? Super flexible though. Um, yeah. I okay. mean, it wasn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't obviously buy it. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was given my $1,400 sure. wetsuit. Uh, but it seemed fine. I really, you know, I liked it more that it was Japanese and yeah. it had kind of like a Gucci, interlocking gucci uh thing going on that's not which, their proper copy by the way oh, interlocky gucci yeah, thing yeah interlocking gucci thing is not rashes i like that it was named rash i thought that was i always and, thought that was the yeah. worst name they could ever pick for yeah, a wetsuit but they, brand but they did it on purpose like, did they really the, yeah it was there like they were like yeah i met two of the founders i think and they were amazing they were like real quietly wry about the whole thing that's hilarious i yeah. wonder if they're still in business i think they must be well, they were not a part of Surfline's wetsuit buyer guide. Um, I wonder, though, with Buell using ninja neoprene, is that almost racist? Ninja neoprene. No, because I think a ninja would, you don't have to necessarily be Japanese, right? I mean, you don't, no, you don't. Just be, be called stretchy. Yeah. Better than stretchy neoprene. I just thought it was a real, Secret. real stretch. To, to no say pun intended. Japanese. Or just to like try to appropriate. Yep. All these expensive brands are using this thing. Let's just use this word ninja to try to adopt. It's definitely rude. Yeah. I will. I will. I thought it was rude. Say that for them. Hyperflex. They have a quantum foam neoprene and Duratex. Duratex sounds like a condom. <laughs> it, 
Actually, you're right. Yeah. Is that a condom? I think Durex is a condom. Durex. Yeah. Okay. Duratex is real close. Also, maybe Hyperflex is trying to play off that. They're yeah. just like, let's tie right. in with that. It's sexy. Uh, O'Neill obviously has Techno Butter. That sure. one word alone might put them at the top of the I heap. I mean, Techno Butter by far is the most innovative hyphen. It's of, so good. Is it, is it a hyphen? Is no, it techno, it's one word. It's Techno Butter is one word. Yeah. Makes it that much better. It's so that's good. In, that's absolutely incredible. Rip Curl has Liquid Mesh, Aquaban, and Thermoflex. Okay. People say Rip Curl wetsuits are the best. Yeah. Do you think so? I don't know. I haven't had one in years. Uh, can we do... How could, how could we do an honest to goodness wetsuit review? Because I always there's so many wetsuit brands. Yeah, uh, I surf the wetsuits I have, which are yeah. totally fine. But I've never I've always wanted a real honest to goodness, both you know warmth and flexibility. Here's what I'm my concern is. Um, you're demoing that board from Album Surf. I demoed this Scrivy board. I've gotten a number of new boards because of this show over the you know years and certainly over the last six months. It becomes work demoing sure. these things. I go surfing and now I'm actually working and I rode boards in conditions that I shouldn't have ridden them just because I felt obligated to like give it a proper review. Sure. But I, I'm not surfing to my full potential because of it. And so I wonder if I, I don't even want to take on that burden of doing the wetsuit review. But here's the thing though. Here's the thing, right? A board, you reviewing a board is great. Me reviewing a board is fine. Uh, but it's still a super personal thing. Yeah. Warmth and flexibility aren't personal. Okay. That's, they're like things that actually exist. Yeah. And so I feel that a proper wetsuit review would be more valuable to the surfing consumer than a board review. Okay. Because what I like and what you like may be different, right? Like maybe you think it's too loose. Maybe I think it's too stiff. Uh, that I don't think you'll get, we'll get those differences of differences of opinion and wetsuits, you know, theoretically, everybody's going out there buying one a year, like mm-hmm. being sold on the Techno Butter or whatever. But is Techno Butter better than Duratex technology or Apollo Fibers or whatever? Like we could actually go, I feel, and we're going to go surfing anyway, right? And so yeah. we'll just put on a new suit. Do you think, though, here's the question I have. Do we have to buy them full pop retail? Or do you think the wetsuit brands believe in their product enough to let it undergo a thorough like uh, unbiased review. I think that uh, among the 20 brands out there, 10 of five to eight of them do. And they would give them to us for free to, to go because in. they believe in him enough. I mean, we should winter's coming here yeah. in North America and yeah. we should, we should, I feel that this would be an actual service for people. Yeah. If I could, okay. if we could say, I'm in, you know, kind of to each your own, I guess at some point, but we could say these are, this is the top, five wetsuits in order, right? Okay. Like this one is warm and flexible because it's the only two things you need. You mm-hmm. need warmth, you need fle- flexibility, yeah. right? And I guess, I guess ease of getting on and off. Lightweight is a good feature. Sure. I mean, I have a, I have a wetsuit now that's great all the way around, except it's impossible to get over my head and it's impossible to zip. Like it's a front zip, but it doesn't pull down enough. Okay. And so I honestly have to sit there and look like I'm doing yoga on the beach yeah. in order to get into my wetsuit. What wetsuit is it? Um, do you want to put them out? I can't, okay. I can't put them out, but I'm, I will, I will for the official review. Okay. Cause I'm, I'll, I'll have them. I think they might've sent me uh, the wrong wet. Oh, okay. a little bit too small. So I'll get a, I'll get a proper wetsuit. I'll say listeners who listen to this show enough already know I've been wearing these need wetsuits, yeah. need essentials yep. for the last year. And, um, 
Do you love them? I love them. Okay. I love them. Do you think do you think Need makes a better wetsuit than the uh the top whatever, the rip curls, uh, billabongs? My personal opinion is they are all the same. Yep. Like this techno butter versus the quantum foam neoprene. Sure. It's the same exact thing. They just put their own, each company puts their own spin on it. Which is why the copywriter is the most creative man. That's right. You're right. You're right. But, but you think it's all the same. I think it is the same. I think every year the technology, the stretchiness, the warmth all improves across the board. Everybody implements that new thing. A lot of these wetsuits are actually made in the same exact factory. And, um, so the race, the arms race is just who can market it the best. And for me, need satisfies everything that I personally want, which is a black wetsuit with no logos and it's cheaper. It's 50% cheaper than the big brands version of it. Okay. So let's go out though. Let's put need through, through yeah. its paces too. Yeah. And let's do them all. I think we are, I think we should need to do the, the wetsuits I see most these days are Hurley, Patagonia in the water where I surf Hurley, Patagonia, Rip Curl, O'Neill. Uh, I never see Billabong wetsuits, so I think we can cut them out, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see them either. Yeah, uh, I see XL. Yeah, XL. But I never see XL. I only see XL jackets or tops. I see I never, wetsuits. You see yeah. Yeah, full XL wetsuits? Okay, yeah. XL, which is it always struck me as amusing that XL is from Hawaii, right? It's like the one place <laughs> you kind of don't need a wetsuit. <laughs> that is funny. That got in the game. Yeah. Uh Need. I, said, I said people love to use the letter X yeah. in their marketing. XL just that's what that's they the did. whole thing. And XL sounds like XL with XL technology. Exactly, it sounds like the XL because there's cells of sure. fiber Precisely. in the but yeah, that's of what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and then I think we have to go through the hipster ones too a little bit, right? That's we need fine. we need Matus. Is it Matus C or Matus? I thought it was Matus. Yeah, I don't know though. Matus and there's a bunch of other hipster ones. right? Oh yeah, there's like there's a, a ton, a good handful. Okay, okay, so I'm down for that. We'll we'll organize it. Um, and gift it to our listeners so that they can just focus their $300 purchase on one totally. of the best wetsuit. And I feel if we do it right, too, we can do, like, this will be our version of Stab in the Dark. This will be pee in the light. Uh, <laughs> we got to come up with a yeah, clever we'll come name. Yeah, with, with a clever name. But because we could then give the the wetsuits away, too, to listeners, right? Perfect. I mean, we'll test them and then... With Chaz's then, own urine yep, in, in exactly, the wetsuit. Exactly, which is worth more. Usually, you'd have to pay more for that. Totally. Uh, are you a medium tall? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So it's perfect. Um, so side note, what's up with carbon fiber, dude? Like all of, I said, they like the word fiber. They all now have carbon fiber in the wetsuit. Uh, Billabong's furnace carbon ultra with Japanese Kiwami carbon fiber thermal panel. That's, that's a, that's a mouthful right there. It it makes me want to get, that's Billabong. That's Billabong. That makes me want to get a Billabong wetsuit now. So they're back in. Yeah, for sure. Back in. If they're advertising that Kiwami carbon fiber thermal thermal panel. panel. When did carbon fiber become so ubiquitous? I thought that, cur- like, I've seen it in cars and I, they use it in surfboards. I thought it was for strength. Sure. Like, it's super hard and it's strong. But now they're using it in a wetsuit for, for warmth. But is it used for warmth or is it used it's, for, it's got to be, I guess. It's, it's said for, for warmth. In every, yeah. uh, every time it was used, it was used to indicate that it was warmth. I personally think that they're just using the word carbon in front of the cr- product because it sounds better. Well, and isn't it all basically carbon-based anyway? I mean, yeah. doesn't everything have carbon in it? So exactly. you could say that it's carbon yeah. fiber. I think carbon fiber has the best PR people working sure. behind it because they are ubiquitous nowadays. It's everywhere. Carbon fiber really, really took the took the cake. It's either the most versatile fiber on the planet 
or it's just in this severe identity issue phase of its life right now where it's like, I'm not sure if I'm about warmth. I'm not sure if I'm about hardness. Maybe I'm about strength. Yeah. Carbon. You guys have to figure it out. Does everything have carbon in it or every living thing has carbon? Yeah. But does every, not every, everything, right? I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, Again, I'm not a scientist, yeah. <laughs> but I do know if it has the word carbon in front of it, I will pay 10% more. Sure. No matter you, what it is. If they're like this morning, here's a donut for $1 or, or a carbon, a carbon donut. fiber yeah. donut for $1.10. I'm like, that's the best price ever for, yeah. for, for carbon fiber sure. because it's super expensive. Do you have a carbon fiber wrapped or railed or something surfboard? Uh, no, but this Scrivy asymmetrical this has ca- a carbon fiber strip counter sunk into the center on the bottom okay as like a strength flex thing i have a uh what's biolis's yeah carbon uh, flex carbon flex i have one of his and i love it i didn't think i was gonna like it as much as i do it is so fun like they they actually figured out carbon stringers i feel for or carbon rails or whatever however they're doing it his where it comes down in the center and then splits out it's like one of the funnest boards i've ever written in my entire life can you identify what characteristics that creates it feels to me and again i'm no pro even though sometimes sometimes at the beach people think i am but uh generally they don't and it feels like it's um you know i hate when people say flex because how do you do have you ever really felt your board flex no yeah exactly i have actually on stringerless epoxy eps so this one feels a little bit like you can feel the flex and it feels good it feels like you're going up to the lip uh and it it just like i don't know the board like somehow gives a little bit in a in a positive way okay interesting um well moving on carbon fiber from the carbon fiber wetsuit discussion uh the wsl dude we've got this france event coming up yeah are you boycotting boycotting finals day just finals day only. just finals day for finals the men day, and the women uh men and the women and it's only a like you know whatever i mean france what time does france theoretically what time will it end it starts at 10.30 our time. I think that's 7.30 their time. Yeah, so 10.30 p.m. our time. Okay. Which is 7.30 a.m. their time. So I think it ends for us in the morning hours, some okay. 8, 8 a.m. or something. So maybe it'll just be a blackout during the night when everybody's sleeping. <laughs> How convenient we'll, for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm still I'm in negotiations, uh, and, and we'll see. Well, you know, this... What's the impetus for this whole thing? What's the reason behind it? Well, I really, as I thought more and more about getting cut out of the Kelly Wave pool, right? And not just me, surf media. All of us. All of us. I thought, and you expect us to dutifully report all the dribs and drabs that come out every day, right? I mean, we do. There's no real organ. Uh, WCL has, of course, their website and has their own stuff. But what, you know... What drives all of this is the surf media. It's the conversations in the surf media. And and we're doing that, you know, and also not getting invited. And so then I was thinking, well, okay, no. Then we'll teach you a little lesson. And surf media will join together uh, for one day and just show you that, no, that's not going to be okay. That, you know, we'll either be included uh, in stuff because, you know, to be fair and frank and totally honest – we're where the fun comes in, right? Like mm-hmm. the surf media has a different take generally. Um, and, you know, you can get your flavor. Some do better than others. Beach Crit does it better than Stab, say. Uh, but you can find your flavor. And there's, you know, that's where the debate happens. That's where the different takes happen. And the surf media, I think, does a better job covering uh, 
professional surfing than the WSL does itself. The WSL puts on a great thing generally, right? I mean, besides totally dry commentators and a flavorless, you know, kind of package, the the actual waves and the way, or I mean, the you know, the way they film it and the way they put it online is brilliant. Everything outside of that is not brilliant. Right. And so better let surf media in here to help make this brilliant, right? Yeah. And if you don't, and if you think that you can do it all, if you think that Ronnie Blakey and Joe Turpel can carry the day across the board, then great. But I'm going to tell you they can't. Well, my question, I, I'm on board with everything you said. Why only boycott finals day? Why not boycott the whole event? Oh, because they don't need a, they don't, they just need a little slap on the wrist for, okay. for that one. And, and, you know, to be honest, maybe they'll come correct. Maybe something will happen before finals day where the WSL will have learned and will have come correct. And all they needed was the threat of a boycott to make something happen. It's an interesting card you're playing. I, I hate to tell you, I think it reveals something else, which is by you not boycotting the whole event, by you only boycotting finals day and writing about all the previous rounds up to it shows you actually need them. You're writing about them in the boring rounds because you need the content for you to exist. That's not you true. Need the WSL. That's not true. I mean, uh, without the WSL, see, here's, I don't need them. I want them. I love them. I truly enjoy the pro truly I enjoy professional surfing, right? Like I'm a fan of professional surfing. I like, it's something we can talk about. Yeah. It's something that, you know, like sure. Beach grit would, could exist just fine. Never covering WSL again, but it's something I want to do. And it's going to hurt me, David. It's going to hurt me not to cover that finals day. Taking one for the team. Dude. I'm taking one for the, and everybody is too. So you're, stab, you said stab surfer, Everybody's joining. You got them all on board. I got them all on board. Maybe not surfline. Marcus Sanders called me incorrigible, but so maybe that means that he's on board. Maybe it doesn't. But if you're going, if anybody's going to get their contest coverage from surfline, God save their soul anyway. Um, Who does surfline's coverage? Sometimes it's good, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't read it. I don't know. Is it Nick Carroll? Sometimes. If it's Nick Carroll, then it's good. Yeah. Then sometimes go he's done stuff with him for sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't read anybody's contest coverage, to be honest. Even yours, like I'll see, and then I'll go to the comment section, and people actually compliment it, yeah. shockingly, like that they would say anything nice oftentimes. Uh, but I don't read any of it because I watch the events live. And I mean, Steve Shears, I, I've said it once yeah. before a long time, is worth, even if you've watched it all, is worth, yeah. yeah. He's, he's an artist in his prime right now. Well, I'll tell you what. For the France event, who's give me um, your pick for... To win the event, and then your dark horse pick. Uh, my pick to win the event, I really feel, and I don't want to curse him, but I feel Philippe is kind of unstoppable right now. It feels like he's really pedal to the metal, and of course we've had quite a bit of time off since Trestles to France is a longer break than it probably needs to be. Um, but I feel Philippe, and I feel the dark horse, I'm going to say my dark horse is... Uh, Sebastian Zietz. Oh, nice. Yeah. He could totally be a dark horse pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going John John and Joan Derue. Joan Derue. The problem with the, the Frenchman, I feel, is they fall apart in when the pressure really gets on. Like, I could see Joan going deep, 
but I can't see Jalan in the final against a John John or a Jordy or a Philippe and him being able to actually put it together to win. It's a good point. I just picked him because he's the local boy. Sure. So I like no, that about him. The, the, I love watching watching the local boy cruise through round four is great. Yeah. But it seems like the – I mean, when was the last time a local boy actually won an event anywhere in the world? <sighs> Jamie O'Brien at the Pipe Masters? Or, yeah, like in, the, um, Bruno's – Bruno's Dos Santos at Chopu. Oh exactly. no, he's Brazilian. He's not even the yeah. local boy. Yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah, I, the local boy, the local boy who you think that guy knows the waves better than anybody. He surfs all the time, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I've never, ever in my lifetime, I think, except for Jamie at Pipe. Yeah, uh, when Jamie won the Pipe Masters, the local boy coming through from the like right. low round, trials. yeah, trials into winning the event. Yeah, interesting. Well. Felipe's a good pick if the waves are marginal, but if it's thumping eight foot... Yeah, but look at Felipe at J-Bay. Remember? Yeah. Felipe was on the rail. Oh, well, he was. I just think thumping barrels I've not seen Felipe ever excel in. But it's thumping beach break barrels, too. Not the same. Yeah. Well, can you... Would he beat John John in that scenario? John John's unstoppable in that scenario. I would really really enjoy a Felipe-John John final. That'd be epic. Yeah. All right, dude, two more topics okay. before we wrap the show. Yes. I've got one kook or Curran is what it used to be called. I've realized we need to amend, change the name kook and Curran. Kook and Curran. Because you were saying we need to add a value judgment because the people are demanding it. Sure. Well, this eliminates that. Sure. Kooks and Currans do this. It's a kook and Curran. Exactly. Perfect. Solves the problem. Yep. I've only got one this week, but it's a super obvious one. I don't know how it hasn't come up until now. Stickers on your surfboard. Oh, yeah. Totally. So true. So true. That's like the, that's like the number one kook and current. The number one. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one for you. Really? Which somebody, I believe it was a listener. Did we, we didn't talk about the Hypto Crypto before. So it's come up. I never brought it up, but yeah. it has come up. I, I had a real Hypto Crypto revelation. I don't know if it's kook and current. Uh, it's close for sure. But we, and okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I'm sure Hayden, I met him one time, and he was a totally lovely man. Derek Riley swears by him, says he's the nicest, kindest, sweetest heart around. He, a phenomenal shaper by any account, right? Uh, makes brilliant boards, and also, I think, is a, is a pioneer. Like, fire, mm-hmm. speaking of carbon fiber and surfboards, I do believe that uh, Hayden Cox was one of the ones to first start doing that right okay i'm not sure he had he had fiberflex i think is what his was called (laughs) uh before anybody else i think he actually had that as a separate technology anyway um innovative handsome good looking wife all across the board great and then i was thinking why does it rankle everybody so me included when you see somebody with a hypto crypto under their arm like what is it looks like a fine enough board. Why do you just get that sense of like, oh, and then I realize it dawned on me just this weekend what the problem is, hmm. is that it's the burden of making something iconic. Uh, and that's the burden that Hayden car- carries. So he, follow with me here is that the one picture you have in mind that everybody has in mind with the Hypto Crypto is Craig Anderson at No Can Dewey, like a huge bomb on his little biscuit. It's a beautiful, iconic shot, right? I mean, I would put that surf shot up in the the very top of the, you know, hierarchy of iconic surf fo- photos, right? I agree. Totally. I, I would put that in even, I would go so far as to put that photo into the top 10 of iconic surf photos of maybe even all time. Yep. 
argument could be made. So the problem is, is that everybody then who is carrying a hypno crypto also has that for sure in their mind. And that's what they think they're going to go out and do. And so it totally throws the person who buys the hypno crypto into massive question about the way he both thinks about himself and what he thinks he's going to do. You know, that guy, he bought a hypno crypto to go do that. And that to me is the goofiest thing you can do. Yeah, you make a compelling argument. Now, the real test for Kook and Curran is uh, obviously Kooks are writing them. Obviously, Curran's writing them. Is there anybody in the middle? Then here's the thing: I've never seen. I've no, I've seen plenty on the beach under arm. Uh, I've never seen somebody competent on one in the water. Now, not to and that's again a sample size of four. The four beaches that I surf at in North County, San Diego. Uh, a tiny sample. I've never seen one ripping a uh, hypto. Well, nor have I. So you and I both have the same experience with them. So that's almost enough to deem it kook and current. But then additionally, my buddy photographer in um, Costa Rica, Tony Roberts, he pitched that to me. The same thing. He's like, hey, dude, for kook and current, hypto, hypto crypto. He yeah. goes, guys show up because he's a photographer. So he's standing on the beach like uh, making assessments of everybody who walks up. And he's like, they come in packs of five every time. There's five guys. They're like from New Jersey or something. With like, hypnos. They, ha- they all have the same board. And he goes, automatically, I, ca- I know they're not going to rip. See, I know okay. they're going to be Barneys. I would, I would love somebody, please, listener, somebody send a picture in. Of, it doesn't have to be a great surfer, but a, a intermediate surfer yeah. doing, you know, ha- having fun on a hypto. And I would like we'll to see it. declassify? Uh, if I see enough of those, I, I would okay. declassify. Because I don't doubt that there's a competent surfer who loves a hypto crypto, loves what it has to offer. Um, but I've never seen it. Right. Like, and I, and I feel again that when I see a person holding a hypto crypto, they think they're Craig Anderson and it'd be like buying showing to me, it'd be like showing up at the basketball court in brand new Jordans back in the day thinking, yeah, I'm like Jordan. Exactly. Thinking you're going to dunk from the free throw line. Exactly. You're right. No surfboard better epitomizes that than the hypto crypto actually. The dumpster diver made an effort eight years ago. But but the dumpster diver never had a moment of icon of, there was never an iconic image attached to it. Dane, Dane, Dane who surfed the dumpster diver, right? There was a lot of great pictures, but none of those were iconic like, good point where you say that you know uh ando at no can do and you know everybody yeah everybody has that image directly in their mind totally so um tony submitted that and then you're right a listener submitted it maybe to both of us yep and so yeah this has come in from multiple angles you've assessed it i've assessed it so i think it's officially right now a kook and current. It, it, could get I, declassified could get declassified currently yes. kook and current that's going into the archive and stickers on your surfboard. Yep, going into the archive for sure. In the archive, I saw a guy get out of the uh, get out of pull his board out of his van this weekend. Volcom sticker on the nose of the board, electric sticker on the side, a couple of other things. I was like, "Whoa, oh, who's this? Who's this ripper?" Yeah. And then I looked at him and like the way that he was holding it and walking. I'm like, "Oh no, that's not a ripper." He just bought Yago Dora's used board. Totally. Okay, yeah. so if you do buy, what's the thing though? If you do buy Yago Dora's used board, are you do you as a not Kook and Curran? As a normal guy, do you peel the stickers off? Absolutely. Okay. I've bought Sippo's used boards. Always peel the stickers. Okay. First thing I do is, is peel the stickers off. Okay. Because I'd want no mis- no confusion. 100%. I agree. And I don't want to devalue Hurley's brand because somebody will see me stand up on a wave and be like, what? Yeah, I agree. You know? Yep. So it's out of respect. Yeah. First, 
Yeah, for the brand. <laughs> All right, dude. Closing segment, barrel or nah? I made a mistake last time by pitching you peeing in your wetsuit as a barrel or nah. Yeah. This is the proper question is actually peeing in your wetsuit prior oh. to paddling out. It's peeing in your wetsuit, walking down the stairs is a barrel. It's all barrel. Once your all wet, barrel. Once your wetsuit is on, okay. then there's no wrong time to pee. I will say the only wrong time to pee is if you're about to get out, uh, I'll hold it. I personally. made that mistake yesterday. Yeah, it's a bummer, kind of. like. Well, what, what I did was I was like – I was uh, – coming in actually like laid down on the whitewash coming in like i gotta pee but i'm already on my way in i go you know what i'm gonna let it fly walk down the beach you know to fight the current instead of paddling against current walk down the beach and do one more lap sure so that's what i did because i'm like i gotta rinse this pee precisely precisely i mean you i was exhausted but i'm like i'm just gonna do one more lap to to. get the pee flush you cannot you cannot leave the beach you can enter the beach at any point with a pee-filled wetsuit yeah you cannot leave the beach like i would even say it's not to pee in your wetsuit within uh, the last 20 minutes of your session. Oh, really? I would say. you need a full flush. I think you need a f- proper flush. Okay, now here's the question. What if you put on your wetsuit by your car, dying to pee, and so you're just like, I'm going to let it fly. You go ahead and you pee. Little puddle comes out the leg. A buddy walks up. Hey, Chaz, long time no see. I'll, say, I'll tell you this. I've peed in my trunks standing like up in the parking lot and just had it just like, you know, at that point, it's, if you're going to get in the ocean, there's no wrong time to pee. And if your buddy has a problem standing in your puddle, then he's not a real server. Okay. Well, what if he's not a real surfer? What exactly. if it's like your wife's mom or sister or somebody like in the community that you have a little bit of reverence for? I think, I think peeing in your wetsuit is such a, a prideful, it's such a great part about being a surfer. That if somebody has a problem with it, then anybody, if president, ex-president Barack Obama came up and said, hey, and then, ooh, I would say, hey, you're in the wrong here, Barack. That's just my pee. I'm going surfing. I like it. You're owning it. So for a listener who maybe doesn't own it as confidently as you, but still is going to do it, I'm going to ask you this question. Do they stand, when that person approaches, do they stand in the puddle hoping that the person doesn't see or walk away, like slam the door and walk away from the puddle to greet the person, in which case the person might see a trail of wet footprints. I mean, I would, again, if it's me, I'm like standing back and saying, hey, like you, I'm inviting them to step in my puddle. But for the for the person who's not quite as proud, um, I pr- your best move is probably just to walk away because theoretically, I guess your wetsuit could still be wet from last session. If there's no puddle there, if it's just wet wet footprints... That could maybe be from, or a a singular wet footprint, uh, could maybe be from a a wet wetsuit. Okay. So you're going to outrun the pee puddle. Sure. What's your advice to the... Okay. Sure. If but somebody's worried. But my real advice is just to stand there. Pee, so it's barrel for sure. For 100%. Okay. Barrel or nah. Posting concert videos on Instagram. Is a big nah. Big nah. I don't know why people do that. Drives it's me a, insane. It's a giant headache. It's all it is is a headache. Like I understand that people people love to put themselves somewhere, and that's how they document that yeah. you know they were there and they're caught up in the moment. They love what they're seeing and all that, but no, there's it the, doesn't translate no, at all. No, it's blurry. It's like shaky, blurry lights with screams and yeah. some ba- you know loud background sound. It's the worst. Yep. The audio's terrible. The yep. visuals terrible. Even. Okay, so Tom Petty, right before he died, sure. played three nights at the Hollywood Bowl. And so after he died, everybody was like, hey, I went Posting. to that concert yeah. last week. Here's my And I love Tom Petty. Yeah, I didn't watch any one of the videos. No. Immediately saw what it was, read the beginning of the caption, was like, 
can't get through this fast. People, enough. the the compulsion, which I understand, you know, is especially when somebody dies of like yeah. the the sort of death horror thing yeah. of I I have a connection with this thing too. Yeah, which to me that's always yeah. People should fight that urge as much I as they agree. can. It's a scourge. Yeah. Uh, but I also understand the urge to do it because I've been in concerts just enveloped by the sound. No, you're there. And I'm like, this is I so got to awesome. share this with the world. Sure. It's so yeah. awesome to you. But it, it just so doesn't translate. It's not awesome. So maybe, listeners out there, this maybe, is your public service. And maybe someday there'll be like a virtual reality helmet thing that you can put on and then be at the concert yourself. Yeah. Oh, that was a... That was a Portlandia episode. Did you see was that it one? really? Yeah, no. well, they had VR helmets so they could sit at home and go to a festival. That's amazing. Funny. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's a gnaw. Question number three: Barrel or gnaw? Waxing the top of your feet? Nah, N- uh, like a complete gnaw. Okay. I mean, I remember the first time I saw that it was probably five or six years ago. Yeah, and even that, I still feel the exact same way. Why? So we saw a lot of it happening at trestles. Sure. They always do it at trestles. Yeah. They love it at trestles. Because the cobbles have a little bit of slime on it. Sure. And then there's like a real fine dust that gets kicked up. So your feet and even the wax itself on your board can get coated in some of that dust and your feet get the bottoms of your feet get the wax or the slime on it. So you wax the top of your feet, paddle out. And once all that is kind of rinsed off, you rub the bottom of one foot on the top of the other to add more traction. Um, it makes sense in theory. I mean, but really like, and I guess I, I feel that when I see surfers doing it, uh, what they're saying, trying to say subliminal subliminally to me is look at how hard I rip or I'm going to rip because really the easiest thing would be to take a little nugget of wax out with you in the lineup, uh, which it would be no problem. Wax is basically free. Yeah. Uh, it's biodegradable as far as i know yeah. and so just wax your board with the nugget and throw the nugget in the water totally like, i think they need to start making carbon fiber wax they do they probably do already we yeah. should make it yeah just oh. embed it in it sure not the whole thing no just as, has some carbon fiber in it. charge 10 percent more at least 20%. um so waxing feet nah there's right, a huge nah. the only problem is i think i saw andy irons do it one time sure of course so then i have to kind of consider cool. it as a barrel yeah i mean but if you're andy irons maybe it's barrel for you oh okay but I think well, it could else. actually be a kook and current. Yeah, it is a kook. No, because it's oh yeah, it might be. I, I, have you ever seen a kook? I've never seen a kook do it though. Good I've point. only seen okay, I've point. only seen competitive pros before they go out for okay. heats. All right, then we'll just go nah. Yeah. Final barrel or nah? Print surf media. Mm. I'm gonna say barrel. Are you? Uh, I'm gonna I'm barrel, but I'm not. It's like a. It's like a Kelly Wave Ranch, Surf Ranch barrel. Mm. Like I'm tucked in. I'm like contorting to still fit inside. Is it because you want it to be barrel and there's just no barrel examples of it now? No, it's because there's two good barrel examples of it now. I think I will put both between you and me and the listeners. Uh, Surfer's Journal, of course, I'll put up there as a valuable publication. And beyond, to me, better and better every year is what youth. Really? Yes. I have not picked up an issue in a year or two. Well, you should you should pick one up. I think What Youth somehow, and I think this is Travis Frey, the editor. He used to be editor of Surfing Magazine. Uh, he, he has an actual honest-to-goodness, like, beyond skill, like a, I don't know what it is, but of, of knowing what the zeitgeist is this moment. And What Youth does, an, uh, I think, a fantastic job of capturing the zeitgeist. Hmm. 
And is it, it Zeitgeist or Zeitgeist? I say Geist. Hmm. Well, is there if there's any German speakers out there, uh, I would welcome a correction. Yeah, I, I don't know. Zeitgeist. The Zeitgeist. Uh, anyway, what youth is that? Okay. They, could, they could start calling it the what youth. Yeah. So it's exactly what's happening this moment. You may like it. You may dislike it. Your opinion of it is not necessarily. I mean, it's all fine. You know, your opinion yeah. of, of what's good and what's what's bad is fine. But to me, what youth presents it. This is what's happening this moment right mm-hmm. now, Fascinating. which, which yeah, is, is a valuable, a valuable thing. I'll reinvest and pick up a totally. magazine and see how much is it? A magazine? Oh, maybe 15 bucks. Okay. So it's not yeah. cheap. That's what I no. thought. Cause it is like, um, thick stock paper, yep. very glossy, yep. like glossy, beautiful print. Like, totally. Yeah. But so, it's, but worth it. Okay. I think, I think what youth, I think what youth and surface journal are both worth it. I think the rest of surf media can can and should go away like stab print stab today like it used to mean something right i mean it used to get your issue or i used to get my issues of stab and love it and now it's it's a meaningless husk of what it what it once was we don't get it in the u.s where did you get it where did i get it back yeah. in the day uh when when it was first coming out yeah well when you're talking about when you used to get it oh and it yeah was... i mean i would get it i was con- contributing so i would get it they'd sent. ship it to you yeah but i remember opening the mail and just being overwhelmed with with the beauty of it. Yeah, because I always wanted it, but I, I had such scarce access. Yeah, it was you know? hard. It was yeah. hard. In the U.S., anyways, yeah. obviously. All right, so uh, barrel or not, we've got three barrels, one not. Or yeah. We got waxing feet now. Oh, two nas. Yeah. So peeing in your wetsuit prior to paddling out, barrel. Concert videos, nah. Waxing feet, nah. Print media, barrel. barrel. I'm going to say, do you like print media? Dang. Yes. I, I want... I do like it. I like the place that it um, has had in my history. I don't read a lot of it now, yep. but I do read other print media. And so I think that it still has relevance. I just don't have any great examples of it. Other The Surfer's Journal, of course, um, but I don't read Surfer anymore. I don't read you know any of the things I used to read. I mean, I think any of the serial or any of the monthlies. I mean, I, I like that Surfer is still... A monthly, like I, I love that they're dying on that hill. That's yeah. a good look. I think I was like, we're going to be the last, you know, yeah. monthly print surf publication out there. Like, good on them because nobody else is doing that. Right. But um, yeah, in terms of the ones I like, I'll ch- I'll check out what youth and report back. It's worth it's worth it. Okay, cool. Right on, Chaz. What else, dude? Where do they find you? Where beachgrid.com. Beachgrid.com for daily daily surf candy. And yeah. What about Instagram? Instagram at reports from hell. Perfect. And then surfsplendorpodcast.com is where you can find everything that we discussed in this episode. Photos, videos, links to articles. There's a comment section. You can chime in. Chaz will post this episode on Beach Great. You can chime in there. And then on social media at Surf Splendor. Rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps other people to find the show. Um, when they go into iTunes and type in the word surf will come up on top with the more ratings and reviews that we have who does come up on top now i do oh right. good, job. good job yeah thanks uh but again we want to come up ahead of like yeah. other sports not just surfing. Sure. let's come on top of the soccer podcast too. Brilliant. you know what i'm saying yeah all right so um until next time which should be two weeks from now i'll just recommend to all the listeners out there to get barrel and i'm gonna say just pee in your wetsuit